Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to our podcast on universal health care, brought to you by the Medical Podcast Network. This is podcast number three in the Healthcare Manifesto series. My name is Mark Ravis, and I am honored to be your host. In today's podcast, we are going to dive into the history of health insurance in the United States. But first, let's review where we left off last time. In the last podcast, we discussed the high cost of health care in the United States. We noted that no other developed country spends anything close to what we spend on health care. We reviewed key financial statistics and then discussed the factors responsible for our high cost. We learned that it is the actual prices paid for goods and services, as well as administrative cost that are driving our high health care cost. There are few, if any, effective controls on either of these. In fact, price controls were proposed in 2004 by the prestigious and bipartisan National Coalition on Healthcare. This coalition consisted of about 100 of the biggest businesses, labor unions, provider groups, and consumer groups. Former Presidents Ford, Carter, and Bush won were honorary chairmen. However, Congress was in no mood to listen and did not seriously even consider price controls. So, we again continued with the money-driven healthcare system, a multi-trillion dollar corporate medical industry. It is a system where more healthcare means more profits, not better health. We also noted in the last podcast that government-sponsored health insurance is far less costly than private insurance. And we will, of course, have much more to say about that in future podcasts. Today, we are going to look deeper into the history of health insurance in the United States. I remind you again, as I always do, that I believe that health care is a right and that I support government-sponsored health insurance for everybody who needs it, regardless of the ability to pay. This is the fundamental ethic that we must explicitly adopt as the foundation and driver of any new system of health care. In later podcasts, we will discuss in substantial detail how universal health care may be achieved and easily implemented. You heard me right. It can be easily done. The idea of social insurance or government-sponsored insurance to cover medical care is not new. President George Washington created a system of free military hospitals as well as a poorhouse in Washington, D.C., which provided food, shelter, clothing, and medical care. Washington said he had authority to do this based on Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution, which provides that the federal government can, quote, provide for the general welfare, end quote. That constitutional authority has not been challenged. President John Adams, who succeeded Washington, signed an act for the relief of sick and disabled seamen, which created government-funded hospitals for merchant seamen. It also provided that 20 cents a month be deducted from seamen's wages to help pay for medical care. I mentioned these two early examples of the government providing for 
healthcare simply to demonstrate that the idea of government-funded healthcare is as old as is our country. However, for our present purposes, we're going to jump ahead to the early 1880s in Germany. At that time, Germany was a powerhouse in Europe after defeating France in the Franco-Prussian War in 1871 and becoming united as the Second Reich, or Second German Empire. Otto von Bismarck was chancellor, and he was faced with mounting discontent over social conditions, particularly the lack of medical care for injured workers. This was during the early stages of the Industrial Revolution, and the, the early factories that were part of that revolution were very dangerous places to work. In addition to the dissatisfaction with the dangerous working conditions during the Industrial Revolution, the mounting discontent in Germany was also due to the writings of Karl Marx, who articulated the idea of inevitable class conflict between the bourgeois, or the upper classes, and the proletariat, the working classes, in his 1848 publication of the Communist Manifesto. Marx was a German economist, and his writings carried great weight with the German people. Marx urged the working class to demand more, to be vocal, to revolt if necessary. His writings inspired the formation of the Social Democratic Party in Germany. Bismarck was so alarmed by the success of the Social Democrats that he outlawed the party. Yet the party persisted, and its message continued to gather steam. Parenthetically, I mentioned that the Social Democrats are today the largest political party in Germany. Well, finally, in order to save his power, Bismarck caved in, and in 1884 created the first workers' compensation system intended to care for injured workers. This was the world's first single-payer system of health care. Bismarck also promoted and got from his parliament a social security system, and a national health care system. These programs spread to several other countries in Western Europe, with the exception of France. Well, that was Europe. What was happening here at home in the United States? Here, there were also early attempts at social insurance. These early attempts were known as sickness funds, which were set up following the Civil War. Employers, unions, and fraternal organizations contributed about 1% of their earnings to these funds. The members could receive up to 60% of their wages when they became sick or unable to work. By 1890, the federal government estimated that there were some 1,300 non-fraternal sickness funds in the United States, and in the progressive era, it is estimated that about 20% of industrial workers belong to one of these funds. Some researchers have suggested that satisfaction with these funds is one reason that compulsory health insurance failed in the United States. These sickness funds paid workers up to 65% of their salary if they became ill. This was more valuable than actual health insurance for two reasons. First, health care was cheap, and it made more economic sense to take a percent of salary and second, doctors couldn't do much for you anyway at that time. The United States was, at this time, entering what is known as the Progressive Era. The Progressive Era 
lasted from approximately 1890 to 1920. Teddy Roosevelt was president at the turn of the century. As you all know from uh, your history books, Roosevelt is most famous for attacking corporate power and the concentration of wealth. This was his famous antitrust agenda. But Teddy Roosevelt also advocated for other reforms, like workers' compensation and national compulsory health insurance. In this same period, the states began to consider workers' compensation systems patterned after the German model. By 1915, 32 states had enacted a system of workers' compensation. Under these systems, if employers purchased workers' compensation insurance, they could not be sued for negligence, with a few exceptions, and injured workers could have their health care paid for. Well, at this point, I want to mention something about the American Medical Association, otherwise known as the AMA. The AMA was, and always has been, a doctor's trade group designed to promote the financial interest of doctors. The AMA initially supported the adoption of workers' compensation programs in the States, thinking doctors would be able to treat all the injured workers and get paid by an insurance company. After a few years, the AMA changed course and opposed these systems because employers were hiring their own doctors or contracting with specific physician groups and leaving out most doctors in any given area. And in the same period, some 20 state legislatures introduced bills for universal and compulsory health insurance. The most vigorous of these legislative efforts took place in New York and California. However, the movement for compulsory universal health care completely failed to do opposition from the AMA, some powerful unions, and the insurance industry. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we look forward to your tuning in again.